Vancouver in the blazing sun on the 9th of February, 61. And from the 10th of February through all May, it rained and poured all night and day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Whistler and Vancouver Places. We're going to tell you about all the interesting places all around Whistler and Vancouver that you must not miss. As always, we have our authors, Dave Dorgie and Graham Menzies of... Do you guys want to say the title of the book? 111 Places in Vancouver That You Must Not Miss. And, and uh, the follow-up, 111 Places in Whistler That You Must Not Mix. Two, two books. Two books. And today we're doing something different. We're actually outside, so you might get some Vancouver noises in the background. We're what you won't hear is rain, and that's why we're out here. Uh, yeah. On the deck of Graham's uh, condo, a lovely Kitsilano, and it's, it's splendiferous. And I've got to say, you know, we should warn listeners, there may be traffic noise, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little disappointed because I would think most of my neighbors are driving electric vehicles by now, so it, sh- it really should be quiet. In Kitsilano, it should be nothing but Teslas. It should yeah. be, right. But yep. there are a few rogues. There are a few people that have got combustion engines that um, are holdouts. There's still those hippie yep. types yep. kicking around but Kitsilano. Aren't, aren't you guys the hippie types with the old That's cars? That's right. we got our old cars. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the, the topic. <laughs> Dave's itching to go. I'm raring to go. What are we one. talking about today? Sushi. No. Sushi? Close. Um, Narita Airport. No. Okay. The theme is, because it's summertime. Well, it's not summertime. It's springtime. And things are beginning to bloom. It's the perfect time of the year to get out in the garden. And so uh, today's topic is Natobe Garden. Now, full disclosure, you work out at UBC. And so you're always near Natobe. Natobe Gardens is what, probably a half a kilometer, 500 meters from where your office is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's really close. And uh, a, a lot of people go there, students and staff alike, to get some peace of mind. It's a very cool place. So first of all, um, yeah, where is it? It's at UBC. It's 1895 Lower Mall is the street address. Um, the reason that I think it is a cool place is because it is beautiful. It is serene. Some would say spiritual. Uh, I also think it's kind of surprising in, in some ways. Uh, and what it is, is you're absolutely right, Dave. It's a, an authentic Japanese garden. Well, when I think of Jap- when I think of North American gardens, I think of you know, sort of um, you know, not loud but big displays of beautiful pl- flowers that blow you away. They're kind of not ostentatious, but it's almost boastful. You know, it's like a big begonia tree and roses, and look at those tulips and daisies. And as far as the eye can see, whereas Japanese gardens are more serene, compact, and more efficient. I- I'm trying to put my finger on what makes a Japanese garden different than going to Little Mountain, you know, Queen Elizabeth Park. It's a lovely garden, Yeah. but it's not the same as like a Natobi or the other garden in downtown Vancouver in Chinatown was the Sun Yat Sen Gardens, I yeah. think. Were you aware mm-hmm. of that? Yeah. yeah, that one's beautiful. Well, yeah. that's where we had the, the goldfish and the gopher. The yeah. What was it? Or the otter and the... Otter and the... I forget koi. what but Otter and the koi, yeah. yeah. But w- how would you describe to somebody just listening what, what the difference between a Japanese garden and a North American-style garden is, other than it's more compact and serene, but how do they how do they achieve the difference? You can yeah. tell it when you're in one. Yeah. It's completely yeah. different. Yeah, it is completely different, and it is hard to describe. I mean, the, the best advice I could give would be <laughs> to Google it. Japanese <laughs> garden. But one of the things, I mean, in general terms, um, it's full of symbolism. Yes. Um, so and feng shui. Yes. Yeah, things are placed. Yeah, uh, is that the word where mm, you place something and the door has to face no, east? No? No, no. I think that's something else completely. But <laughs> it's, 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 symbol, it's, it's close. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not completely up. If we have any um, landscape architects who listen, we would really But there is, uh, for example, there is a main path, which is said to symbolize uh, the eternal cycle of life. Um, there are six water crossings in the garden. Uh, each has its own s- significance. There is a log bridge, which is symbolic of... Uh, uh, Nitobe, who's a person, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Nitobe's desire to I be a know bridge who over is. the Pacific. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you in a sec. Uh, there is a clever zigzag bridge by an uh, iris pond, which is said to confound the devil because evil spirits travel in straight lines. Ah, did you clever. know that? I did not know that. Evil spirits travel in straight lines. You learn something new every day. So no, if you're building a bridge, feng, do, a, do a zigzag bridge. Is it feng shui? Feng shui, yeah. Huh. Did not know that. Well, I've learned something new today. <laughs> We've Dave, all learned thanks. something new already. Um, there is an island of eternity with rocks strategically placed to give the shape of a turtle representing longevity. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of things like that mm-hmm. that are in there. Hmm. When you walk in, you just see the garden and you walk around and you experience it. Not all these things are labeled. But to your point, Dave, I mean, it, I think if you know your Japanese garden, then you can probably identify the symbolism right. of things. I would go there and say, wow, look, neat, a bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. zigzaggy. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, cool, a turtle. But I would not know the, the, the symbolism. But yeah, the, the, the lantern or the turtle, the, things are placed. And the guy who, who built it uh, was a gardener from Japan who came over in the late 1950s. And I think it was opened or, or completed in 1960. But every rock in there is placed there yeah, on purpose and for a reason. And, and I don't know what the reasons are, but, you know, there's uh, an expert that yeah. has, like, traveled across the Pacific to build this thing. And I think there were local Japanese gardeners that were hired to be involved in, in creating it. So it's a really neat... Sp- and that's what I sort of mean by surprising. I think mm-hmm. it's a... If you know your Japanese gardens, there's there's not a lot that are kind of of this caliber. And I think if you oh were to really? see it, you'd kind of go, oh, wow, this is yeah. really really quite a gem. Thinking on thousands of years of and Japanese there was like uh, even fairly recently, 2009, the Emperor of Japan, oh. Emperor uh, Akihito, and Empress uh, Michiko came. Uh, they were in Vancouver and they went to, to look at the garden, and they're like really impressed. So they. They would know their Japanese gardens, and they were yeah, like, "Yeah, I this, should this hope this so. Is, if you're the emperor of Japan, you better." A pretty cool Japanese yeah. garden. Well, so I've been to um, Kyoto, the Golden Temple, which is one of the most photographed things in the world. Oh wow! It's this beautiful temple made out of gold, mm-hmm. and it sits in a setting like like the Natobi Gardens. That uh, again, it's serene and peaceful, and you just—it's hard to be loud there. You know, you just—it's kind of like being in a library. You just know you shouldn't be talking at your regular voice because you're in a record for others. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant library where the librarian's telling you to quiet down. Yeah. But that's a compliment. You know, there's nobody selling programs or shouting out, you know, come come see the begonias. <laughs> yeah. get that's extra. right. There's no popcorn stand. Way. There's no hot no, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no music. Balloon there's man. no music in the background. There's no, no loudspeakers no. blaring out, you know, like uh, cheesy music you hear in yeah. a supermarket. It's it's all about quiet serenity. Yeah. And I think that's why, like I was saying, the staff, faculty, students, especially around exam time, you know, it's Wait, like. Do they really? Yeah. Is, there free, to g- there is it free to get into? And uh, No, there's a small fee. Yeah, um, but uh, it's a great place to clear your head. You know, I think I think people do 
say that it's a great place to go and get some serenity and some peace of mind. And yeah, there's no popcorn <laughs> vendors or balloon hawkers. And, and I wonder if the pools, because they uh, have koi in them. That's a Japanese fish. That's the big goldfish. There might be. I can't remember. I don't know. I've never actually been. Well, you should go. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I really I, I was unaware so, of what this was before. Yeah. Actually. So you had the question earlier about uh, who's this Natobi dude? Who is Natobi? Yeah. I think that's how you put it. Who's this Natobi dude? <laughs> who's the Natobster? <laughs> the Natobster. The Natobmeister. Inazo Natobe. Born 1862, died 1933. Really incredible guy, especially when you consider when he was born. 1862, that's a long time ago. That is a long mm -hmm. time ago. The world was quite a different place. Mm -hmm. You couldn't fly from Tokyo <laughs> to here. I mean, it, it took some effort to travel across the Pacific to get to North America. And he did that. In 1884, he left Japan to go study at John Hopkins <laughs> University in Baltimore. Can you believe that? That is 1884. Long. That's a really long way to go. How would he study what? <laughs> How would he even know what <laughs> John Hopkins like history and political was. science? I'm just impressed he knew what it was. Yeah, and then he went to Germany and took his PhD. Classic. Well educated. Yeah. Then he and I'm, I'm only beginning. He ended up eventually he got five PhDs. <laughs> so a scholar would be one word that you apply to him. He married uh, an American woman of European descent, uh, Mary Elkin Elkington. Uh, she was an American from uh, Philadelphia that he, the, he had met her in Baltimore. So this was one of the first, uh, you know, an in, in interracial marriage well, in 1891 think, yeah, in the that. United States. Probably not well accepted at the time. Kind of interesting, kind of bold. Yeah. Also, she was a Quaker, and he became a Quaker as well. Okay. What is a Quaker? So he's a, he's a, a Quaker. I, I know the name. I know the term, but I well, just don't it's know. a Hutterite Mennonite Quaker. It would gotcha. be a uh, a religious uh, sect. Uh, okay. Yeah. So that's also really interesting, right? I mean, not not mainstream uh, type of religion, um, but he got involved with uh, the League of Nations when it was set up in uh, the, the 1920s. Predecessor of the United Nations. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then uh, <laughs> here's a funny thing. <laughs> he was at the. Uh, he represented the League of Nations at the World Congress on Esperanto. Well, Esperanto what? was uh, the uh, back the in language? the 50s and 60s. Uh, somebody came up with the concept that you know there's we've got hundreds of languages. Why don't we just settle on one language in the world and we'll invent one? Uh -huh. And they invented a language called Esperanto, yeah. which didn't really that. catch on. No, yeah. you know, and people back then at World Peace, if we all speak one language, it'll yeah. really help. And so there was, you could take Esperanto lessons, and then I speak Esperanto. Well, yeah. There's no country that speaks Esperanto. It was a blend of all languages. Yeah. 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 So he, and so he was part of that whole movement. This is right, you know. The Toby the, was. The, the years after the First World War, the League yeah. of Nations. League of Nations, they're, they're Esperanto, five PhDs, language. Quaker. This, is like, this, he, this he, cat's interesting, man. He, is, he was man. interesting. He was give peace a chance way before Yoko. <laughs> Okay. So that was his that was his bag. He was selling the peace movement. And that's who it's named after. And yeah, and his name was also on the five thousand yen note. <laughs> well, this is He's a big deal in Japan. I would, yeah. This is amazing. Uh, just the trivial nature of some of these things you're telling us, you know. <laughs> I got one more for you. Okay. Guess where he died. Um I'd say he died in Cleveland, Ohio. Seattle. 
Mike's closer. He died in Victoria. Oh wow! He oh, was at wow. a, he was at a conference at Butchart Gardens. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> like Japanese he gardens. Didn't like Butchart <laughs> Gardens. Uh, he was at a conference in Banff, and he had caught pneumonia oh. and decided to go back to Japan. Stopped in Victoria, checked in there, but never checked out. Oh no! And so he actually died in Victoria. Okay, well that's, that's but very so interesting. his connection uh, to the West Coast. And he was very much about sort of Pacific r- international relations on the Pacific uh, <sighs> countries, but. He traveled uh, all over the place. So these gardens would have opened up. I think he lived in Switzerland for a few years. But an amazing guy, scholar, author, politician, statesman, professor. So these gardens would have opened up long after his death. Not that. Yes and no, because he died in 1933, I think. Yeah. And then they decided to do a garden in the 1940s. But then Second World War broke out things kind of chilled. Probably the idea of a Japanese garden during the yeah, Second World yeah, War wouldn't true. have been that popular. Yeah, yeah it was not popular. Because that was right around the so time when they were doing they camps, like yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they put that on the back burner, but in the 50s, they said, okay, now let's move Let's move forward with this. They had set aside some land, but they hadn't quite decided what to do. And it was uh, by 1960 that they opened it. So it took a while. It took almost 30 years after he yeah. died before they uh, were able to actually I wonder if any of his descendants, I wonder if him and the Quaker had kids and if there's any little Natobis running around that are now old Natobis. I think they did, but she died in Japan. Oh. She, okay. she outlived him and uh, stayed in Japan and yep. continued to his work and their advocates for peace and uh, all that sort of good stuff. Good. Mm. Well, so it's a fascinating that's good. place. But that is a very it's interesting place. I think there's, well. there's a statue of him in the, there in the gardens. Well, that's worth going to. Yeah. Cool. So that's Natobe Gardens. So if you're wondering, Natobe or not Natobe? To Natobe or not Natobe? Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, the answer is yes. Go to Natobe <laughs> Gardens. Yeah. <laughs> so what are your guys' final thoughts on Natobe Gardens, other than to go bay, to Tobe? <laughs> well, my other garden-related thoughts, a garden-related tip is the, it's and also in in the book is the UBC Rose Garden, which is yep. not that Ooh. far away. It's a five seven minute walk away from Natobe Gardens and it's very cool because it's on the on the top of the parking lot so it's the Rose Garden parking lot so okay. if you're going to go yeah. go and park at the Rose Garden parking lot check out the Rose Garden on top of the parking lot yeah. and then walk over to Natobe Garden huh. yeah. my final thought is I once had a bonsai plant I thought that would be a really neat thing to have yeah. 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 and I think you would probably have it's kind of Natobe-ish you know yeah Whereby, do you know what a bonsai plant is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you try to keep it real small and you trim it and take care of it. Mine died. You know, I didn't. I, maybe I didn't water it or something. Mm. But um, maybe I'll take that up again. Uh, bonsai plants. Maybe I'll get inspired and go to Natobe and see some there. That's but a great uh, idea. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a final thoughts. It's a pretty weak, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so head over to UBC, head over to Natobe Gardens, and check out a couple of the things that are in the books. Is it Rose Garden? There's a couple. Of, there was the museum was out there too. Was museum of so Anthropology, Wreck so Beach, the Rose Garden, the Towers. Um, oh, yeah. There's a lot of things in the book from uh, from UBC. Yeah. But make sure you go onto our Facebook page and tell us all about the things that you want to hear about, what you want to hear more about, what you don't want to hear more about, and what are some of your favorite episodes. Also, you can shoot us an, over an email as well. We always like to hear from uh, from people all over the world uh, who are telling us what they like to think about our podcast. But make sure you come back next week, and we'll keep telling you more interesting things about Vancouver and Whistler that you must not miss. Thanks so much. See you next time. <laughs>